Fit for Life Radio, episode number 146. Today, your hosts, I'm Gary. Host with the most, I'm Will. We'll be discussing three myths that you need to stop believing. They just won't die. Yep. What's the, is it journey, don't stop believing? Yeah. Please stop believing. Yeah. Is what please, we want. Please like, stop believing. We got it. We got to get away from this. Let's go right in. Yeah. I know. It was hard to pick just three because there's like 400 of them, but these are, I think, three that we, man, we see a lot, and it, we just need to slap them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. The first one is the first myth, exercise myth, that needs to die, that you can target your fat burn, also known as like spot reducing fat. Uh, you know, now in general, unfortunately, it. It hasn't died, which means people still maybe talk about it. But especially back in like the 90s, you know, people thought this was like a thing, right? If So, you know, you're lo- we're looking at ourselves and maybe you have, you know, stomach fat. So you're like, I want to lose fat from my stomach. So you would let me go do an exercise. That uses my stomach. That targets that area where I feel that. So you, you end know, up doing like a thousand crunches. Area, a thousand crunches. Or you're looking at your arm and, you know, maybe there's some fat hanging from, jig- your, from your tricep. Jiggle. Yep. The old. So then you're doing kickbacks with a so then you're like, with a one pounder. Yeah, I'm gonna work my tri- my tricep area, and it's just not not a thing. It just doesn't work that way, right? Not, I not wish it did. It'd be great. Yeah, it'd be easy. Like, oh, I just want to make this smaller or bigger, and it's you can target the area. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we just can't do it. Yeah. So, L- like literally, no matter how bad you want it to be true, you just got you just gotta empty it from your brain it's yeah. not a reality we we gain and lose fat based off of our energy balance and also where we gain and lose fat from it's a process that our body kind of decides it's not up to us yeah there's a general kind of order and then there's also individual yeah so uh, yeah everybody has their own things so um you know places where they are going to gain fat first mm-hmm. and also where you know, they're going to lose last, basically, which are yeah. going to be the same. For example, in general, say you, you're starting and you have, you know, super low body fat. Most people, we're going to, the first place we're going to store fat is around our kind of st- stomach mm-hmm. area. And therefore, that means the last place we're going to lose it from is our stomach area. Another, you know, as we gain fat, we're getting, you know, and you have, we add, you know, stomach fat gets added, uh, you know, fat around our, you know, lower back glutes thighs typically and then one of the last places our body stores fat is like our shoulders and stuff and our neck and and our so then you'll typically you know if you start to lose fat that's where you see it come from first you'll notice Mm -hmm. your shoulders get leaner and maybe your upper arms and things like that uh so yeah there's an order so that means you can't really force it and really the best approach is you want to you want to separate exercise from burning fat and think of like, well, I'm exercising to be stronger, to be more physically capable for muscle health, for bone health, for joint and ligament health and, you know, stress relief and boosting my mood and brain. So exercise for all those reasons, right? And not because um, like, I'm trying to burn fat. From I a want a area. smaller waist. So I'm doing all this core stuff. It just, mm-hmm. um, and it's like a weird expectation, right? So say you're just doing nothing, but crunches every day you're like oh, i've been doing this for a month and nothing's changed 
you're going to get frustrated just because you're you're, yeah. you're off the you're off the mark a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird you know a wrong expectation to have. Yeah. And here's the problem with something like crunches, right? So that's a common example where, where people will do, well, let me do more crunches for my core to lose weight from there. And the problem is it's probably the, the least helpful thing if at all possible because, well, now most crunches and stuff, you're on the floor. So you're laying down. There's not much other stuff going on. And it's not even really what our core musculature it's useful. It's useful. Its main thing is to kind of stabilize our spine, right? Which means, well, guess what? When we're doing basically any other exercise, standing, you know, when you do squats and deadlifts, like your core has to work, and it lunges, and you're working. Your your core is working. So, um, really, what it comes down to is, it's your, especially if you're limited on time that you have to use to you know uh, of your busy day crunches are a terrible bang for your buck yeah you're just wasting time that you could be using doing much more effective like stuff. you could you would get more out of just doing some squats than you would just laying on your back mm-hmm. doing some crunches yeah and the reality is working your whole body is going to do more to aid uh, any fat loss goal or process in that because we're working and maintaining our muscle um, so nothing short term, but long term, yeah, like it's going to be way more effective than just laying down and doing 30 minutes or 20 minutes or five minutes of crunches. So, yeah, that myth of spot reducing is is zero helpful. Patently false. Just just doesn't work. So. All right. Next. Crossing that one out. Next is one that's gotten a lot better. I was actually thinking about this at the gym the other day. Um, so lifting heavy weights. So basically weightlifting will bulk you up, you know, even more specifically, it's a bigger concern with women, right? Oh, if I lift heavy weights, I'm going to get bulky. Yeah. I don't want to get bulky. And the reality is, well, it's a little too general of a statement because what, what is bulk? Yeah. What does it even really mean? When we say bulky, well, we'll take that as like, well, circumference of body parts, right? So if you measured your arm or, or just in general, your legs and things like that. That's normally what people are thinking of. Yeah. Um, like the, they don't want their arms and legs to get bigger. But when we gain fat, that's bulk too, yeah. right? And fat sits on top of our muscles. Um, and, and takes up more volume. More volume of space. So like if you look like five pounds of fat versus five pounds of muscle, same amount of weight, um, the, the muscle is a lot less volume. Um, so actually if you traded five pounds of muscle – for five pounds of fat, you would be smaller. You would, and li- I guarantee everybody would like how they looked. Yeah, if it would that be happened, less bulky. The other thing is too. So t- we're also limited by our genetic potential yeah. to gain muscle. Like you're not going to accidentally look like a bodybuilder because you lifted weights for six months. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, that way. I've been doing it for 16 years, right? No one would confuse me for like bulky. Yeah. So. Um, now some people may, yeah, naturally, naturally be predisposed to gaining muscle really And easy. already like naturally kind of muscular. Some people just have yeah. that. That's their genetics. But even then as a, uh, for women there, it, it's just, it's less than men. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you're like taking steroids and, and purposely, and then also it doesn't happen by accident, right? Like so, you have to train hard. Yeah. You, you would to ha- get to that point. You would have to have your whole life revolve around it and, the other catch is to gain muscle, especially at like a ra- you know, as maximize it, you have to have extra calories. Yeah, like so you got to be eating a good amount of food. The goals are, 
you would really then need to address your nutrition because if your goal is to you know just maintain or, or even slim down or maintain a certain body composition well to do that you cannot consume more calories than you need now also if you are what you know lifting weights hard and heavy and even you know consuming more calories those extra calories will go to building new muscle and also you still can gain fat right so the reality is if you are getting bulky to a way you don't want to you're just eating too many calories yes the solution is actually in your nutrition so it's funny it comes same as the first myth spot reduce the solution comes down to our nutrition intake yep i don't want to get bulky then don't be in a surplus nothing (laughs) has nothing to do with the exercise right um and then the reality is if you have this fear from this myth you're missing out on so many benefits yeah like like strength training and getting strong like it just benefits so much stuff Mm -hmm. you know just physically mentally hormonally i mean there's so much involved um that it helps and you know you're worried about some arbitrary thing that most likely will not happen unless you dedicate a lot of your time to it yeah of of getting bulky and the reality is talk to any woman over 35 40 and the problems start to be i gain fat really easily i feel like or i am uh yeah i get injured real easily and then as we get even older and older it's like i have scarsopenia i have osteoporosis and the reality is strength training helps with those things every single one of them yes they help with preventing the loss of muscle mass with building bone density, uh, increasing the rate at which your body burns calories, right? So the thing that you we end up avoiding because of a myth actually is the thing that helps us with all these, the other, most. All these other issues. Yeah. Yeah. So I promise you, you are not accidentally going to be the Hulk. Mm-hmm. It just... I, I wish it was like that. Yeah. You know, like th- the two of us, just naturally small frame guys, we would probably kill for that to be the case. Yeah. But it's just not the it's not the reality. Yep. So, yeah, squashed. You're Same. not going to get bulky. Mm-hmm. Num- number three. Number three. So this one, this is kind of, this one's hard to break. Um, over the years, I think people have always thought of you know, you know, being real sweaty and tired and sore are all like the indicators that like I got a good productive workout in. Right. And like that's what people shoot for. I need to be sweating, which usually leads to people not resting enough. They're always moving. They're trying to keep their heart rate up the entire time. Um, and it ends up being not productive. And the reality is, you know, you and I've done this for long enough. It's not hard to make somebody tired. Yeah. It's really not. Like, we could do it. Well, anything to just make people tired during a workout. You, let's take all three. Sweaty. Oh, how sweaty am I? Well, if it's humid and it's summer, you can just sit in your car and sweat. Yeah. Right? So, obviously, that's not a good workout, but you're sweating. But a you're ton. sweating. So, that, you know, that eliminates that. That has more to do with, um, yeah, or if you go to the gym with three sweatshirts on, of course you're, you're going to sweat more, regardless of, you could do the same workout with, no sweatshirts on, you're going to sweat less, right? So it has more to do with body temperature, outside temperature, yeah. even genetics a little bit. And then you have uh, fatigue, right? Okay, well, f- fatigue, being exhausted is, is uh, I mean, you, we can accomplish that. I mean, you could just ru- anything. run circles around something, do 15 burpees. I mean, you can just do anything long enough. Yeah, and you'll get tired and from you're gonna it. And you're going to get tired, But right? that doesn't mean you're going to get anything out of it. Yeah. And 
It actually means if you train to a fatigued state too often, you could not fully be recovering. You could uh, expose yourself to higher risk, you know, by doing things that are can be relatively dangerous in that uh, extremely fatigued state. And that's how injuries happen. And a then lot of times. soreness, right, is another one. So soreness actually comes more from, so two things can make a big difference when we do exercises where we're in a more stretched, lengthened position. It's going to cause more soreness. And also when something's newer, a newer stimulus to our nervous system, it, it typically causes more soreness. Yes. So you could technically just make someone more sore like by doing certain exercises only and changing them all the time, right? So, but that doesn't mean that it's more effective. It's actually no. less because if you're changing the exercises all the time, you can, it's harder to track and actually progress. Mm -hmm. And your, your body and nervous system never actually- They never start adapting. Adapting to where you can have these other stimuluses. So, yeah, and you'll notice LinkedIn exercises, so things like Romanian deadlifts. Everybody knows um, how RDLs feel. That, the, ab, the ab wheel. Ab, yes. Um, calf raises. Yeah, like you can do these exercises and you'll be sore. Be not because – I mean, they are great exercises. Oh, yeah, I love them. It's not because – they just put your muscles in a fully lengthened stretch position, which, again, leads to – And that's where the load is the heaviest on those movements too. So that's why it yeah. wrecks them. And you ever notice or you experiment this with yourself, you can do the same workout and, one, and then you're progressing on it, which actually does mean you're making progress. But, yeah, go ahead, not be consistent, get your diet right, Get your sleep right, and you'll you'll barely be sore. And say, if so, if you're judging a good workout on soreness, the reality is that is as productive as it gets. But then you could go take a week off, or two weeks off, mm -hmm. and then go back to doing the exact same workout, and you're gonna be super sore. Yeah. So the reality is not, and even do less than you were doing before. So in reality, it's actually less productive. You kind of got to build back up, mm -hmm. but you're more sore. So it was less productive. The more soreness is literally because you had some time off. Now it's uh, kind of new a little bit and your body's not uh, as good at recovering, right? It's, it's, you know, that kind of adaption and stimulus of recovery is off, right? Mm -hmm. So to speak. So yeah, again, when, when you know what to track for productiveness, you then soreness, you start to see kind of how it's just, yeah, and sometimes it's just a thing that's there, but it shouldn't be your marker. Yeah. Right? A good marker, especially if you're, you know, you know, your strength training is am I continuously over time improving somehow? You know, am I in a, am I able to do more reps at this weight? Am I going up in weight over time? If you're doing all of that and you're progressing and you're not sore, then like you hit the holy grail and there's like nothing to complain about, right? Like you're improving, you're getting better, you're getting stronger, you're probably building muscle. And you're not having any of the negative side effects mm -hmm. of, um, of working out. Yeah. So like, I know some people do have that. They like to feel accomplished and that's the, you know, mm -hmm. sore being sore makes them feel accomplished, but getting better should be what makes you feel accomplished. Yeah. You know, cause you can get, you can get sore doing things that aren't productive, mm -hmm. right? If I did 400 dumbbell curls with a five pound weight. Like I'm going to be freaking sore the next day, but is that even going to help me get stronger? You yeah. know, so there are ways to be sore and have it not be productive at all. So that's why it is a poor indicator. Yeah. And some of the newer science too, it's like, I mean, this was the old adage and yeah, it's still, it stands of 
so yeah, this is not a myth is stimulate, don't annihilate, right? So we want to just provide enough little new stimulus to, but to where the body can recover from it and adapt. Mm -hmm. But if we provide too much, it actually just, it just provides way more damage. Um, and your body's just trying to get back to baseline. Yeah. And then your body also has to then kind of like repair all that extra damage. Um, Instead of building and, new and, tissue. Yeah, and, and new adaptions, mm -hmm. right? Same thing with cardiovascular stuff, right? If you, I mean, you talk to, like, it's not, you know, yeah, when you're a kid or when, if you don't know what you're doing, you just go out, I'm going to run as hard as I can. And the next day, I'm going to just gut it out a little more to try to get a little, f and literally all you're doing is actually going out and, and competing every day with yourself. But the thing is, that's not how people train to get no. better. Like you, cause you'll just burn out, right? You, you actually, you know, Hey, let me train in different intensities and then monitor my progress within these training blocks of these different intensities and things like that. And you look at any sport, right? If you grew up playing sports, you didn't practice. It's funny. Another myth, right? You got to practice like you play like, no, 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 no one. Cause then you get to the <laughs> game and you're smoked. Yeah. Because you know, when there's competition, there's, you know, different um a lot going on you know in your body and you just can't do that every day to compete at those levels so yeah. you look at like football right the day before the game what are you doing yeah look at game game intensity but then look at a, a practice yeah right? you may have some moments but for the most part they're working drills they're walking around you're running routes you're recovering you're and then recovering, recovering um and like what we used to do i'm sure a lot of places are like this thursdays because games are on fridays you did walkthroughs mm-hmm you, no one's no one's getting the crap beat out of them because we have a game and we need to perform the next day. Yeah. So why would we go insanely hard the day before? Yep. You know, because then you get people that are sore going into the game. They're fatigued. They're hurt, and that it just doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah. I mean, when I ran track, you know, say you want to improve your mile, you didn't just go run the mile every day as fast as you could. No. You would then, oh hey, what's my mile pace? Oh, let me break that down into 100 meter repeats. You know, so at a, a pace a little faster than your mile pace, mm -hmm. but so you're able to, but then you actually just run, say, you know, the 400 and then you would rest five minutes and then run again at another, you know, at that pace yeah. and then rest a couple of days. Right. And then you would even maybe do longer, slower, like, Hey, I'm going to keep my heart rate under 130 and maybe I can see how far I can go in 10 minutes. Right. At this pace. And then over time you can go a little further at that lower intensity, it means you're making progress. Yeah. Then you may go test slash compete your actual mile. Because you've been working on these different aspects. And then it. see improvement, right? Um, so yeah, again, obviously we're just using examples of the nitty gritty stuff. But the point is that the best way to find progress with your training is through tracking metrics, tracking things, and ultimately not killing yourself. No. You know, not just chasing sweat, fatigue. Soreness. Soreness. Um, those aren't the indicators you're looking for. That no. should not be what you say, oh, that was a good workout, or oh, that wasn't a good workout. Uh, if you're using those indicators, then you're way off the mark. Yeah. Yeah, they're Wait. just meh. Yeah. And now and again, yeah, we get endorphins and all this. And the feel, feelings, you know, our feelings, getting our feels. Feels good. Right? I mean, th you could spin it around. Look at, like, relationships, right? I mean, how many times it's like, oh, 
this, you know, maybe someone treats you like crap and then, but hey, they also have moments where they can make you feel good and you get attached to those. But then the reality is like, no, this is not a good relationship. The, the majority is garbage and those yeah. little moments, yeah. you know, would keep you hanging on. Yeah. And that's what happens with bad workouts. The reality is oftentimes bad workouts, you have these moments that we feel good because we're tired. So it must be effective. Or I'm so sore the next day. And then we label it a good workout. But the reality is, it's garbage. It's a wife beater. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad Seriously, relationship. It's terrible. Right? Like, it's it's a terrible workout. Um, and we keep going back for more. Don't go back for more. Don't go for Say no. Really, the, this is something, I mean, we, we've said this a lot over the years. The goal with training is really to do the least amount you need to to get the stimulus that you want, right? Yeah. If you're overdoing it and getting the same stimulus as you would if you were kind of doing the bare minimum, why are you doing all the extra work yeah. and all that added stress yeah. and fatigue? Same thing with nutrition. Like if your goal is to lose weight, really you want to eat the most food to lose yeah. that weight that well, you can. And here's the biggest problem I think with the exercise and where the connection comes from is, which is the faulty part from the beginning, which we addressed earlier. A lot of people will be doing exercise to lose weight. Yeah. So then, yeah, their mind, well, if I'm more tired, I'm burning more calories. If I'm more fatigued, some people maybe even think they lose fat through sweat or something, right? So it's like- Which, that's a whole nother one. So right there, it's like, you're chasing the complete wrong. What you should be trying to gain from the exercises is like strength, cardiovascular endurance. O on a broad spectrum, like that would basically be it, That right? sums it up. And so those other indicators mean nothing. You need to be tracking performance, progress, intensity things like that right now and if yeah you you were really hoping your ultimate goal was to maybe lose weight or something um yeah you got to separate that like uh, exercise for these other reasons it's also helpful in the long run um but then okay you're gonna have to dive into nutrition eating um so that's that's step one right and yeah you know and here's the thing sweating does feel good right and yeah and, and it, it is good it for is you a natural to sweat. process but realize like you can go sit in a sauna and sweat and reap the benefits right yeah sit, sit in your car like don't chase that from your workout because yeah. that's your body y you know it's like again yeah don't just beat it down just to beat it down you know uh, if you really want to sweat yeah again go to a sauna if it's in the winter right um or just go sit outside when it's summer this especially the summer here so um yeah don't sweat. It's not it. Like those waist trainers. That's another one. Mm -hmm. That's actually a good example. You know, people wrap up their waist with these things. I know part of it is, you know, yep. physically crushing your waist, but also people think, oh, if I wear this, I'll sweat a lot. Am I, you know, mm -hmm. out of my core and it'll help me burn calories from there. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Like that doesn't work. Um, it, so like you don't need to like wrap yourself in things to lose fat from certain areas. Yep. And then with soreness too. It doesn't necessarily mean it was bad either. It doesn't mean it was no. good. Um, you, you just, you kind of want to be ambivalent about it. Now, if, if you're getting excessive soreness and tons of delayed. All, and all the time. And all the time. Uh, that's actually then starts to be a problem. You should, you really, you should start to look into, well, one of three things. Like, yeah, am I actually doing way too much of my workouts? Which, like we said, yeah, that can be a problem. What's my nutrition like? Am I just not recovering? Am I not giving my body the materials it needs? Um, and then three is what's my sleep like, right? So sleep will help with recovery, manage stress, things like that. So those are the factors, right? So the reality is if you're chasing soreness and getting soreness all the time, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you've been doing the same stuff for, 
I don't know, months and you've been nothing but sore the entire time and sometimes like debilitatingly sore, there is something going on. Yeah. And if the reality is if you train and you're never really sore, that is, you could, that's fine. That's, that could be fine. It could mean that everything's on point. Now, and if you're not progressing with your workouts and you're not sore, you know, then, then it's something to look at. But again, the indicators you're using are the stuff you're tracking, Mm -hmm. right? So not the soreness. Yeah. All right. So those, those three myths. Those are three out of many. So hopefully that maybe cleared cleared some things up um, so that you have a little something more, more realistic or tangible to to actually shoot for and and have be a goal during your workouts. Yep. Put it into them. No more spot reducing. Can't do it. No more. Number two. Chasing. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't stop. Number two. And no more, no more, no more chasing no, oh, sweat and soreness. And then also, you know, stop fearing getting big. And You're bulky. not going to get bulky. I swear to you. I swear to you. We'll be okay. All right. Well, we'll catch you on the flip side on the other week. See ya. Thanks for listening. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at coastalfitnessva.com or garydeagle.com. We'll see you next time.